Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. Another day, another episode. We have today a new episode in our Understanding Deconstruction series. We're going to talk about how to help people that we know that are going through deconstruction, how to help them navigate that process well, um, maybe take some of the, the load off, take um, some of the, minimize some of the pain, the suffering, the, the hardship of it, make it a bit of an easier process, maybe make them feel a little bit less lonely in that process. Um, there's a lot that we can do to help um, and yet, just because we have been through deconstruction doesn't mean that we naturally are the best person to help someone through deconstruction. It, it, because deconstruction is such a unique journey and so um, different for so many people, um, often we can be the worst person to try and help someone through a deconstruction. Maybe not the worst person, but up there, you know. Um, and so there's a lot of things we're going to talk about in this episode, um, things to watch out for different things that we can offer and help with and um, different areas that we might feel uh, more drawn to uh, do which might not be helpful for us or for them and so we'll look at all of that in this episode I'm excited for it if you're a conventional Christian this might not be the episode for you I think next week or the week after I'm going to be um, putting out an episode um, that is going to be called the conventional Christians guides to deconstruction and it's going to be an episode for all of your conventional Christian friends your family members your loved ones that are in that space of conventional Christianity and it's going to be talking um, from from where they're coming from, helping them understand the process of deconstruction, helping them navigate that. It's going to be triggering as hell for people that are deconstructing. So it's going to have a big trigger warning um, because I'm going to be coming from where a Christian would come from and help them understand what's happening in their loved ones, help them understand how they can help them go through that process. Um, and yet not um, in any way as best I can uh, diminish their conviction in conventional Christianity. And so that's, if you're a conventional Christian wanting to help your loved one go through deconstruction, this episode would be very helpful if you can um, put your faith to the side for a second and just listen to the content and understand and question, how can I do these things with my faith? Um, but it's going to be quite hard for you. It might be better to wait for next week. Um, and so um, that will be the episode to check out if you're a conventional Christian. All right, before we start, I want to remind you all the deconstructionnetwork.com is a free resource that helps you connect with other people who are going through deconstruction locally in your local area. There are people, there are people all over the world. It's the fastest growing movement in the West, um, the fastest growing spiritual movement in the West. It's growing faster than any other uh, faith. Um, it's happening all over the world. We've got people in um, dozens and dozens of countries outside of the West um, that are or signed up on a deconstruction network. It's still a new site, um, but there's over 3,000 people on there. Um, and so if you're going through this process, I encourage you to check it out, see if there's people local to you and, and start connecting with people that are going through this journey. It, it can be so lonely and isolating, um, but we don't have to do this alone. There are other people there um, that want to be there for us. The very nature of this episode, helping people as they deconstruct, suggests that there are people around you that want to support you and help you. And you are the kind of person that wants to support and help other people as well. But that's why you're listening to this. Um, and so you don't need to do this alone. Check out the Deconstruction Network. If there's no one on there, at least you will be in your area now for the next person that joins in your area. Um, but I guarantee there are people in your area. They just don't know of my weird, obscure, tiny network <laughs> that I've uh, tried to help facilitate connection over. And if you want to support what I'm doing, um, all of this stuff that I do, I do absolutely free. All my resources, all my podcasts, talking with people and helping them in the process of deconstruction, I do it all for free. And the only reason I can do that, I do it full time, is because people support what I'm doing via Patreon or via my website, phildrysdale.com slash partner. 
Um, you can do either of those and support what I'm doing and that makes a huge difference. And as a thank you, you get access to a private um, community that we have online via Discord and we have voice chats, we have Zoom calls regularly. You know, there's a lot of great community going on there and that might be something that you'd like to explore as well. All right, let's dive into today's episode, helping people as they deconstruct. All right, welcome back to our Understanding Deconstruction series. We're gonna talk about how to help loved ones, help people in your life that are going through deconstruction. As you know, you probably yourself are going through deconstruction, have been through some form of deconstruction, faith shift, evolving faith, uh, unraveling faith. Um, Wherever you've ended up, wherever you're at, um, this video will hopefully help you uh, work with other people that are going through this process. You may have wished that this video or or, or, um, audio message, depending on how you're engaging with this, uh, was available when you were going through your deconstruction. Maybe you're going through deconstruction, you watch this and you think, I'm going to send this to people I know so they can help me. Um, it's hopefully going to be something that can be um, accessed by anyone, um, anyone that has a loved one with uh, the process of deconstruction unfolding for them. However, if you are still a conventional Christian, while all of the things I say will be helpful and applicable, you might find this video a little hard to engage with. Um, Just practically, um, where you're coming from, where you're at as a Christian that is in a more conventional space of Christianity, um, some of the tips, some of the ways that we talk about these things um, are gonna be really hard to engage with. What I'm actually gonna be doing is in the future, I'm gonna be making a video just for conventional Christians and how to engage with people that are going through deconstruction, helpful ways to um, connect with loved ones, with friends, with family, how to understand the process they're going through. Um, and so this, this episode, this, this video might not be the, the perfect um, choice for you right now. You might find that this is just not helpful. It's not where you're coming from. It's not where you're at. Um, maybe some of your motivation in trying to connect with the person that's deconstructing is just not going to be possible if you follow through Um, the different uh, advice that I have in this episode, okay? So just bear with me, okay? If if you can't click with this, um, I will will try and make a a video um, that you can engage with. I will try and make a video that that is coming from a place of conventional Christianity and how to help uh, loved ones and and connect with them in the best way possible um, that isn't gonna drive them away, that isn't gonna make them hate you, this will help if you can if you can let down your agenda, if you can let down um, what it means to be a conventional Christian just for you know however long this video is, 30 minutes or whatever, um, and just listen to what people in this space need um, and how you can provide that in a healthy, helpful way. If you can do that, this will help you tremendously if you have loved ones that are going through this, that are seem to be pulling away, that seem to be creating uh, boundaries with you that really hurt, that are really harmful. Uh, to to your relationship as you see it, um, engage with this stuff. Listen to this stuff. This is this is helpful, but you might find it really hard to do. All right, enough of a preamble for all our amazing conventional Christians uh, that are in our lives out there. Um, this is for the rest of you predominantly, right? Most of the people following me are deconstructing or starting to deconstruct, um, and 
you're in a different space, right? So you might be moving into a different space within Christianity. You might be agnostic. You might be atheist. You might be exploring Eastern spiritualities, indigenous spiritualities. You might be going back to some of your um, your roots. You know, there's so many different areas that people end up as they deconstruct. There's no one linear path, as we discussed in our um, our prior. Uh, episode of this series uh, talking about what deconstruction looks like. It can look like so many different things. And the problem with that is that what worked for you may not work for other people to deconstruct, okay? So because it's such a diverse thing, because people end up in such different places, because people have different things to deconstruct, um, it's very dangerous to assume what worked for you as you deconstructed is what will work for other people. And the path that you took is what will be the path that works for them, okay? So that's gonna be something we focus on heavily. Before we get started though, okay? The one thing I wanna say is you are not someone else's therapist. Unless you're a therapist and you're being paid for therapy, okay? You are not that person's therapist, okay? You do not have to take on the full weight of everything that's going on in their life without any limitations without any boundaries, okay? It's okay for you to look after yourself in this process, okay? Our bleeding heart, our compassion, our empathy, uh, knowing what that's like to go through deconstruction, how painful, how hard it is, knowing what we would have um, appreciated um, when we went through our season of deconstruction can cause us to just throw aside all caution and just be there for that person in every capacity all the time. Now, of course, we want to help our friends, our family, our loved ones, um, but we have to look after ourselves, okay? And trust me, as someone that does this day in, day out, I talk with people for usually between three or four hours every day um, about their deconstruction journeys. Some of this shit is heavy, okay? Um, I don't know what your journey was like. You could have got off lightly, um, but some of this stuff is really heavy. It looks like people going through tremendously painful processes. It looks like abuse. It looks like uh, pain. It looks like existential crisis. It looks like fear. It looks like sorrow. It looks like grief. It looks like regret. There's so much that can be involved in these different processes, and that's a lot for someone to carry. As I said, of course, you wanna step in and help them and support them like a good friend, like a good family member. But sometimes that's not gonna be possible. You're not gonna be in the space, okay? I have days where I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a day off. I'm not gonna talk to people today. I just, it's not gonna be healthy for me. It's not gonna be good for them because I'm not gonna be in the space to hear and support them. But it's definitely not gonna be good for me. And I need to look after myself so I can keep doing this. I need to look after myself because I have a family, because I have loved ones that I care about and I wanna be there for them as well. Um, And so do not feel you have to always be there. You don't, you're, you're not the pastor that picks up the phone at three in the morning and goes and visits anyone and everyone at any time. Like that's not the role you're performing here. Sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I'm asleep. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Um, of course, there's different varieties to how we engage with this. If someone's like dying, of course, get out of bed and go help them. Um, but a lot of the time, this is, this is just pain. It's suffering. It's hard. But you're allowed to have your boundaries. You're allowed to have your journey. You're probably going through some form of deconstruction yourself. In fact, helping people go through deconstruction often drags up some stuff for ourselves. We then realize, oh, there's some areas that I need to work on still too. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? Let's, can we not talk about this area right now? It's just a bit touchy for me. It's too sensitive. I'm not in a place where I can go there right now. It's a bit, I'm a bit fragile in that area. Um, So be aware of where you're at 
what you're capable of doing. Be aware of your um, your capacity to have conversations, to go into the, the depths of, of this other person's deconstruction and, and help them and support them, okay? So it's not, I'm not saying don't support them. I'm not saying go, oh, you have uh, 32 minutes every day and then after that, I'm done. I'm, I'm disconnected. I'm no longer your friend. Of course, I'm not saying any of this, okay? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are all smart enough to listen to your bodies, listen to your responses, your stress response, your trauma responses, and go, oh, this is getting a bit much. I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Being able to go, hey, you know what? I'm gonna head home. I'm just gonna have a break. Let's pick this up in a day or two. That's okay. You know, please, 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 you are not a therapist, okay? You are very much ingrained in a situation. In fact, it's harder for most regular people to have these conversations because they don't have, what a therapist has is they have a detachment, right? They don't care about this person in the same way that you do because they're your loved one, they're your friend, they're your family member, okay? So it's even harder, it, it takes even more toll. Um, and so with that said, my number one bit of advice, if you can, is encourage the person to get therapy. Now that's not always possible, of course. Um, you know, depending on where you live in the world, therapy bec can become very inaccessible. It can become very expensive. It's maybe not covered by um, by national healthcare and things like that. Um, in, in different countries, it costs way more. And so there's lots of barriers to this, but I would really encourage you, if your friends can afford it in some way capacity, therapy is such a helpful way to go through deconstruction and support you as you go through deconstruction. And so one of the best things you can do as a friend is outsource a lot of this uh, process to a trained professional. There are so many professionals that um, work with people that are deconstructing, that work with people that have gone through um, different types of religious trauma and things like that, okay? Uh, and so I'd encourage you to check out the Reclamation Collective, um, which has a lot of um, trauma-informed and licensed therapists in its directory. I'd encourage you to check out um, Laura Anderson's new um, center. I'll, I'll put links to these in the, in the show notes. Um, but these are great resources of people that are licensed, that have religious trauma informed, they're religious trauma educated, um, they, they know what they're doing in working with people that are going through this process. Secular uh, Therapy Project is really helpful as well. Um, I think that's seculartherapy.org. Um, that can be really helpful because those therapists uh, in that directory are, are promising to not be um, in any way, shape or form uh, religious in any of their therapy, which can be a huge point when you're looking for therapists, try and avoid someone that is overly um, engaged with their faith in this process. You know, a, a Christian counselor or a Christian therapist shouldn't need to say they're a Christian. If they say they're Christian, that's a red flag. A therapist can just say, hi, I'm a therapist. That's good, that's great. They might happen to be Christian and that might be even be a problem further down the line. It can be a problem for Christian therapists to work with people that are deconstructing because it gets too much of a conflict of interest. It's too hard for them to process. Um, your deconstruction can cause them to feel anxious and, and all sorts. And so sometimes I recommend asking therapists, are, are you a Christian? Will it be a problem for you if I'm gonna be talking about this? Will that be something you bring up? Will you try and convert me? Will you try and get me back on track? Like. That's something to worth bringing up. But anyway, these different resources um, are wor well worth checking out. And so do check those out and, and, and you know help your friends make an informed decision when it comes to uh, finding a therapist. If they can't get therapy, that's okay. You know These, these things happen. Um, a lot of therapists have sliding scales and things like that to try and make themselves more accessible. But 
often it is still just utterly inaccessible for many people. It's it's just um, it's too expensive or it's not available in your in your area that the people are out of your state or your country or whatever it might be. Um, it's not the end of the world. There's so much more that you can do to help this person. Um, but that's a really big one that can make a big difference is finding them someone that can walk them through this process as a, um, a, a loving, kind, compassionate third party that is disconnected from the whole process. So get them in therapy if you can, encourage them to do that. Be there for them above all and everything else. Just be with them, sit with them, take care of them, connect with them, have fun with them, do things with them. This is a really scary and lonely process. A lot of the time they don't need to talk about their deconstruction. What they need is just a friend to be there with them, you know? Just sit with them, go out bowling, go to the movies, hang out, get a drink at the pub, talk about other things in life. That's all really good and healthy too. Creating some normalcy normality, that's the one I was going for, normality around this uh, scenario, uh, this situation can be really helpful. Um, because when your whole world is falling apart, just having someone that you can go to the pub with and talk to and hang out with um, can just be a real grounding experience. Being able to go for a hike with a friend, that's really nice, it's grounding, it reminds me I'm still here, it's okay, the world isn't ending. I do have friends, I do have a life, this is okay. Um, that can be really, really huge, just being there for them. If you've been through deconstruction, you know that it can be so scary and it can be so lonely. Um, and so what sometimes people just need is some normality, they need friendship, they need uh, a kinship, they need some sort of connection, they maybe feel a lot of their friendships are, are falling apart, maybe through church and communities and, and family members that are Christians and a lot of their friends are Christians, a lot of that's going to start falling apart for them as they deconstruct. And so having a friend that's just there for them, that's stable, that isn't going to judge them, that listens, that's huge. It's a huge point to make that you, as best you can, and we all judge, okay, so as best you can, try not to judge where they're at, okay? It's going to be really easy because you have a unique journey you have a unique experience of navigating through your faith tradition and you have a unique experience of what it looks like to come out of that and you have a unique ending place of where you've come to right now, today, it might not be the end end, you might change your mind in a week and, and find yourself in a different place, but right now you're in a certain place and it's very likely that's not where they'll go, it's not where they'll be. And so that can promote in, in us some judgmental feelings of, oh, they're not deconstructing properly, or if only they read that book, or if only they did this, or if only they believed that, um, if only they questioned this thing, that's gonna only start driving a wedge between you and your friend, okay? So try as best you can to be there to listen and support, but try not to judge and try not to direct, okay? One of the things we'll find, and I talked about this in an earlier episode when we were talking about the developmental stages, is early on in deconstruction, you're coming out of a very fundamental way of life that is full of authority figures that will tell you how to live your life and what to do, um, all that stuff. And in some ways, as you start to deconstruct, you're still looking for authority figures that will tell you what's right, what's wrong, how to go about things. Try as best you can not to be that person. It's really hard, okay? I, I, I help people day in, day out, go on this journey and in this process. And early on in this process, I was that person. I, 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 fell into the trap of trying to tell people how to go about deconstruction, what they should believe, how to believe. Oh, you're questioning that idea within Christianity? Well, here's the answer. That is not as helpful as you might think. 
it can help certain people in a very um, limited way. It's only helpful for a season because long-term they're gonna have to grow out of fundamentalism. They're going to have to grow beyond relying on an individual voice or authority in their life that tells them what they should believe. Um, and by you becoming that, you're only holding them in that, that stage of life for longer. And so when people come to you, when your friend comes to you with questions and, and uh, uncertainties and, and they're going through a lot, try not to give them answers, give them options, okay? So something is very unsettling just to go, well, no, there's, we, know, we don't know. That's, that's of course very unsettling and I, and I don't recommend you just leave them with nothing when they ask questions. But what I recommend is you say, oh, well, there's, I've, I've looked at that question. If you haven't, you just go, well, I don't know. Let's look at it together or let's explore it together. That can be helpful for them. But if you've looked at it before, you probably know there were quite a few different options and answers. And you maybe arrived at one, um, but it's probably more helpful for your friends rather than telling them what you arrived at and what the right answer is to say, oh, look, there's what is many different ideas. You're questioning hell, for example, and they go, I don't know if God could burn everyone forever. You know, Does God really take um, the Jews out of Hitler's fires and put them in his own fires? That's really just because they didn't say a prayer and accept Jesus? Really? Um, and so you start questioning these things. Does God really um, send all the uh, aborted babies to, to hell? Does God really um, you know, send my sweet dear grandma who just never accepted Jesus to hell? Does God really um, send all the good people that were born in the Middle East to hell because they were born in the Middle East, right? They don't have churches to go to or Christianity to accept. Um, you start questioning these things and you might have come to a certain conclusion about what you believe about the afterlife. Maybe you're an atheist and you don't believe there is an afterlife. Well, you can tell them that for sure, but that's a very prescriptive black and white answer. And while it might find, they might work with that and go, oh, okay, cool. That might help them temporarily, but long-term, that's not an answer they came to, they explored, they discovered, and they accepted for themselves. And so they're only gonna start to question that as time goes on and they start letting go of needing these authority figures. A better way to do this is to introduce to them lots of options. Maybe you say, well, atheists believe there is no afterlife, there's no options there um, for an afterlife. Some people in, in, the, in the East, they believe in reincarnation or they believe in um, some other uh, components of, uh, of consciousness and blending into one consciousness. Um, and then there's actually, even if you stay within Christianity, there's a few options for what hell looks like. It's not just burning in hell forever. Some people believe that there's annihilationism. Some people believe in an ultimate reconciliation that all spend eternity with God in heaven. They just go through a process of coming to that place of being able to accept it. You know, so giving people options around the questions they have, what it means is it gives them space to explore, to think, to um, be intentional about uh, figuring out what they believe. It, it helps them stretch the muscle of not relying on authority figures to give them fundamental answers, black and white answers. It helps them learn that life isn't so black and white. There's a lot of gray and I'm gonna have to be a voice for myself that, that decides what I believe, that, that weighs up pros and cons and, 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 and looks at my experience and what I believe and weighs it all together and comes to certain conclusions. Um, and so that's a really helpful thing you can do for your friends. Try not to be prescriptive. Try not to give black and white answers. Give them options. Give them possibilities. Open things up. I often say to people, be the person you needed when you were going through deconstruction. But you shouldn't confuse this with give the conclusions you have arrived at, okay? So the, the answers that you arrived at are not even necessarily the answers you needed when you first started to deconstruct. 
part of the process of coming to those answers is one of the key components of deconstruction. It's learning to think critically. It's learning to explore many options. It's learning that life isn't so black and white. In fact, many of the answers you've come to, you probably hold a little looser than the ideas you held when you were a very fundamental conventional Christian because you've learned, well, you know, we're, we're a bit fallible. We don't always have the right answer. I, I, I change my mind in times. I, I learn new things, new evidence comes to light. And so even the thing that you believe today, you might hold it a little lighter going, well, yeah, I've, I've weighed up all the pros and cons and I've looked at all the data and I think this is the most likely outcome, but you probably hold it going, yeah, but I can be proved wrong, right? If something changed, if there was some new evidence, I'd, I'd be open to changing. Um, and so just giving people the, the process allows them to come to that place where they're a little bit more open, they're a little bit more humble about what they believe, they're a little bit less arrogant and black and white and fundamental, and that's a really helpful, healthy way to grow. And so I say again and again to people, allow the process to, to unfold, okay? It might feel that you're watching someone in the process, in the uncertainty, really suffer uncertainty, um, and it might feel like the most compassionate and um, uh, loving thing to do to just bring them to the ends, just fast track that process, get them out of this uncertainty, give them a nice black and white answer and then they go, oh, now I feel peace. I, I know that there is a God and he looks like this. He's not like what I thought, but he looks like that. That makes me feel peaceful. You know what? It might really genuinely short circuit that process and, and help them feel some peace nearer uh uh, sooner uh, and, 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 and quicker, yeah. But you're circumventing this process. You're, you're not helping them grow. And long-term, it's not the most loving and compassionate thing to do. And so the, co the core is, how do I love someone allowing this process to unfold? How do I love them um, as they go through uncertainty, as they feel uncertain and having existential crisis, as they feel scared and lonely, without just trying to fix that overnight. Um, because the, the fast fixing overnight is not a helpful process. It's not good for them in the long run, okay? And so as best you can, allow that journey to unfold. Don't try and fast track it. Don't try and... Um, and short circuit. Now, of course, when saying that, some people can get themselves in a real funk, okay? So I, I know that because I'm really good at that. I can go down like a real terrible rabbit trail and you know, it's, it's a nightmare into that rabbit hole and it's, it's not good. And so, of course, if people are getting themselves in, in um, really unhelpful places, if they're getting really anxious, really scared, of course, bring them back up to the surface and go, hey, look, 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 it's not just like this. Look at all this that's here. We don't know that it's this way that you're freaking out about. Let's explore, let's continue to explore. Let's find something that's helpful for you, that's healthy for you um, and, and, and help them in their, their journey, in their process. So, you know, you know your friend better than I do. I'm not giving you a black and white categorical thing you have to do. Again, fundamental kind of black and whites are not my thing. Um, I'm giving you some pointers, okay? And so generally speaking, allow the process. Sometimes you're gonna see in that process, whoa, my friend is not in a good place and I need to help them out and step in and try and help them navigate this, this component and, and kind of find a bit of uh, uh, an alternate path. Um, and so you know your friend best, you know your loved one best, you know, you know them much better than I do. You know when maybe it is a time for you to step in and go, hey, like, this huge playing field of endless possibilities is causing a bit of overwhelm. So let's right now, just let's look at these two and just explore these two for now. And we can look at some more later and, and, and we'll, we'll take it step by step, okay? And so 
do what's right for them. Do what's right for um, for you and them and your relationship together. But but do honor the process. Try not to circumvent that. That's going to be a rarity. Okay. Um, so if you're finding yourself doing that all the time, you're probably uh, this is probably some shadow work in you. You are probably allowing your insecurity and needs to know that you're right and, 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 and a bit of fundamentalism to infiltrate their life and you're trying to steer their um, outcome. A big, big thing in this is you should not have an agenda. You should not have an outcome. This is why I said it's gonna be really hard for conventional Christians to listen to this because conventional Christians do have an outcome. They have an agenda because for a conventional Christian to not believe the way they believe is a guaranteed ticket to hell. It's, it's the worst case scenario. It's the end, right? Because it's really clear ins and outs. Um, and so that's a disaster. And that's why it's really hard for conventional Christians to, to allow people to deconstruct, to give them the space to do this. Um, and so as someone that isn't conventional Christian, whether you're a progressive Christian, whether you've moved into an indigenous um, space, whether you are an atheist, whatever it is, you maybe have a particular belief that what you believe is going to be best and is right. Of course you do, right? If you didn't think what you believe is right, you wouldn't believe it. You believe something else. You, you'd explore until you find something that you do think is right. And so even if we're fairly uncertain and we've picked the best so far, we still think it's the best. And so there's some component of us that wants our loved one to come to the same conclusion as us because we think it's the best um, and that's really hard to navigate it's something I want you to be asking yourself consciously as you're helping your loved one is where is my agenda here am I am I trying to steer where they're going but the thing is they are deconstructing unique questions they have questions that you didn't have they have experiences that you didn't have and they need to find options and answers that you wouldn't find or maybe they will look at options that you looked and thought that's not helpful at all and it's ridiculous and they go that means the world to me and that's a way to frame the world that gives meaning in life and I can get with that and you're going to be like well that's the wrong answer right your 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 agenda your fundamentalism will rise up and go you you can't be an atheist agnosticism is the right answer you can't absolutely know there's no god you, you need to be uncertain and say well we can't know for sure you know you're gonna find these um these moments where your your fundamentalist uh self emerges this shadow self that, that was um, developed in the past to love black and white thinking and in and out and right and wrong and that dualistic uh paradigm you're gonna find it emerge every now and again so keep asking yourself am i um, am I introducing an agenda here? Am I trying to steer my friend's path? Because you really, as best you can, need to avoid that. All right, let's look at some practicalities. Generally speaking, this process is hard. You can get into some real funks in this process. I know because I've done it. I know because I've talked to thousands of people that have done this. It's really hard to go through such an existential process and not um, allow that to affect your mental health, allow it to affect how you care for yourself, allow it to affect how you connect with other people. You might withdraw from friendship circles and groups. You might, um, you know, stop looking after yourself. You might stop, uh, you know, all sorts of different things. And so uh, as best you can as well, keep encouraging your friends to take good care of themselves. You know, give them things, um, encourage them to pursue things that give them stability. Encourage them to do things that boost mental health. Really simple things, you know? Really simple things like have a shower every day, you know? Maybe go to the gym or go for a run once in a while. Do something, exercise, some activity. That can be a huge thing that you bring to your friends is 
incorporate them in it and enlist them as a gym buddy. You know, go to the gym three times a week together or go for a run a few times a week. Like having someone that pushes them to do something that gets the endorphins racing and reminds them, I'm alive, I'm a human and my heart's beating and, and my muscles ache and something that just grounds them, that gives them purpose, that gives them direction. My, my, you know, that can be a huge, huge thing. And so encourage them to do that. Be the person that supports them in that by, by going along. Um, you know, encourage them to do things like volunteering. That can be a hugely grounding process and, and certainly within a lot of um, uh, mental health uh, areas uh, where people have different issues, problems uh, and, and uh, adverse experiences, um, volunteering and helping others is one of the number one metrics um, to finding peace and, and growing out of that problem and, and finding some stability in their mental health. And so encourage them to volunteer. Again, bring them along with you, right? It's not a bad thing for you to do either. Go find a soup kitchen to volunteer in or um, whatever it looks like. You know, find something that you can both get passionate about. Um, go litter picking and clear up a beach locally or, or the local park or something. Like do something that, that feels good, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel you're changing the world and you're making the world a better place and you're helping individuals. That's a really helpful thing to do. Encourage them to learn not just about their deconstruction, right? So they're probably reading books and they're listening to podcasts and they're doing all these things. Absolutely. But encourage them to learn new life skills, you know, go to a cookery class or um, take up photography or, or whatever it is, you know, but, but there's something about learning new things, exploring new parts of life and, and, and realizing there's more to this world than this little Christian bubble that I've lived in that's falling apart. That can be a huge thing as well. And so doing these little things can make a huge difference. And the number one, number one thing that will make a huge difference in their process of deconstruction is help them make friends. I cannot stress this enough. Most of us that have been come out of these um, different faith traditions, whatever it might be for you, um, if you've come out of something like Christianity, they're really bubbled communities. Most of your close friends, most of your family are all Christian. You don't have people outside of that world. And so when you start to deconstruct, when that no longer becomes your paradigm, you lose those friends. You disconnect from family. You become uh, less close to your family members if you're lucky, right? It's just, it just changes the family dynamic. For other people, it completely cuts off family. Um, but what you need is you need people in your life. There's no question at all that a, a, a very important component of being human is feeling connected to other humans. Um, and so be their friend for sure. Incorporate them into your friendship circles. Bring them along. Show them there's a world outside of Christianity. Encourage them to make new friends. This is really hard, okay? I cannot stress how hard making friends is for Christians because we grew up in a world where friends were made for us. We grew up in a world where everyone said yes to do you wanna be my friend, right? Everyone in the church kinda of has to be your friend. That's kinda of the way church works is no one can go, oh, I don't like you, go away. We're, we're in this thing together, we're, we're, we're a family, we're whatever. So every week the pastor goes, oh, here's your schedule. You know, it's on a little flyer we give you on a Sunday. Um, on Monday we get together and pray. On Tuesday we go to different people's homes and have meals on uh, Thursday it's the youth night on Friday it's this and you know there's so much schedule there and you're constantly being thrown into a situation where you're surrounded by people and friends and that's a beautiful and amazing thing um, until it isn't right until you, you're no longer in that space and you don't connect over that core thing that everyone's connecting over and so you lose all this overnight but what you don't realize is that most people growing up in the church never really got taught how to make friends 
And it's really easy, but it's really hard. It looks like being nice to people, going up to a random stranger and saying, hey, how's it going? Chatting to them. You might bump into them in a store. You might, you know, might be person in your, uh, when you go to checkout, it might be the checkout clerk. It might be a random person that reaches for the same milk and you have some sort of serendipitous, you know, romantic comedy moment. Um, but, you know, whatever it looks like, it might be at the gym. You go along to the gym and you start making, you start seeing people that go at the same time of the week as you and you start chatting to them and going, hey, what, what's, your, what's your story? You know, you want to get a drink after this, you know, or why don't we go to the pub on Friday night and, and kind of connect? I'd love to get to know, go you more, get to know you more. That's really scary. It's really vulnerable because we've grown up in a world where everyone had to say yes to our advance, right? This is why Christians suck at dating. They're really scared because it's the one area where people say no when they put themselves out there. Um, any other kind of area in Christianity, they put themselves out there and everyone kind of has to say yes. Um, but they start going, hey, you want to go out? And someone says, eh, I don't really see you that way. It destroys the ego of most Christians. Utterly crushes. Oh, they've rejected me and all this. People are entitled to say, I'm not really that attracted to you. Go ask someone else. That's just, it's no big deal. It's, it's normal. Um, that's very normal to most people. But Christians, it's an utter like devastation um, because we're not, um, that's not normal for us. And that's why this really simple thing of connecting with people around you, talking to people around you, making friends with people around you. That's a very easy thing. There's not much to it, but it's really scary and it's really hard because it makes you vulnerable. It definitely brings up rejection issues, your need for people to, uh, to, to like you, your people pleasing, all these different components get brought to the surface as we start to try and make friends. It's really, really hard. I get that. And it's really scary. I get that. And so this is something you can do for your friend is make that process easier. Do it with them make new friends, incorporate them in your friendship circle for sure. But go out there when you're both at the gym and you see someone working out on their own, say, hey, do you want to join us? Now there's three of you, right? It's just, it's as simple as that. You just start making friends. You start talking to people. Do you know what's interesting is I guarantee any person you talk to that you just start to click with and go, oh, this is quite an interesting person. We're having a good conversation. If you bring up the fact, oh, hey, I escaped really crazy fundamental religion. You want to hear some wild stories? They're all going to be like, yeah, that sounds crazy. I love it. Tell me, right? You, you're going to be amazed at how much uh, people are interested in your journey, want to know about your journey. You're also going to be amazed at how much empathy people have for your journey. You know, so many people think, oh, people are going to look down on me because I was a Christian or they're, they're going to think I was stupid, but not at all. Generally speaking, people have great empathy and compassion for people that went through something like what you're going through in deconstruction. And so encouraging your friends to go out there, push themselves, try and be vulnerable, try and um, make connections with new people, that's something you can help with a lot. It's much less scary as a couple than as an individual. And so do it with your friends. Go out there and make friends. Go join some clubs. Go join a photography club or something like that. Um, you know, go join a sports group and, and do that together. And it's it's suddenly much safer, right? Anytime you're in a big group of people, if you're not that comfortable, if you're not that extroverted and you're on your own, it's terrifying. You go there with someone else, it's suddenly less scary. And, and so you can be that to this person. You can help them. And you know what? Might help you as well. Because I imagine a lot of you listening to this that are already well into your deconstruction, that want to help other people that are deconstructing, you too also probably go, I could do with a few more friends. I do miss that community I had in Christianity. And so here we go. This is a great opportunity. Come alongside your friends and help each other. Make friends, make um, new connections and, and build a new community. It's 
it's honestly as hard as it is to be vulnerable and to be and to face rejection it is the easiest thing you'll do people out there love people and they love making friends and they love connecting we're all wired for it we love it um and so yeah i cannot stress that enough it's such a huge thing um i left it to the end because i knew i was going to ramble about it for ages but but yeah it's really really important make sure you don't allow this hard scary time to uh, uh to cause you to isolate yourself. It's very easy to do this, especially if you're going through things like trauma and different things like that. It's very easy to regress and just hide. Um, and especially with COVID and all the shit that's going on right now, maybe we have to at some level for sure. Um, but the truth is there's so many metrics for wellness that are linked to being connected to other human beings, okay? And so maybe you can't do a big group and you can't surround yourself with 80 people like a church service for sure. Okay, I get it, that's a lot. But I guarantee you could probably have a running partner where you don't talk that much, but you just connect. You know, even if you're going through something very hard, like a, a more a, a intense trauma season, having people that are there for you that you connect with is gonna help you on that process to some degree. Of course, listen to your body, listen to your responses, you know, figure out some boundaries of how much you wanna hang out with people, where you need to draw the line. I'm not saying, you know, push yourself way beyond what's healthy for you at all. Um, I'm just saying distrust your first instinct that you need to be away from people. That's generally speaking, not the most helpful response. It can be the most helpful response if all the people you, you think to be around are very unhelpful people to be around, right? So if the only people you know to connect with are very militant, conventional Christians that are all gonna try to convert you and gonna trigger the shit out of you with all their Christian language. I get it. No, I agree. Don't go there. Don't. But if you can make a friend, if you can come alongside someone else that is a safe person, I'd encourage you to be doing that regularly as best you can. And so encourage your friend to do that. Be that person for that friend. And together, make new friends. Start to build a new community of, of real meaningful connection. The thing that I've experienced is that generally speaking, people that do start to build new communities post-deconstruction, they're even more deep and meaningful than those really meaningful communities we had within conventional Christianity. Um, and so, yeah, you're in for a treat, honestly, and your friend is in for a treat and you can be a part of that. You can be someone that helps them go through that process. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Do not forget the process. Do not forget it's a process. Do not try and make it an, an A to Z instant switch. It's not going to happen. You, you want to value their process. You want to value that their process is going to be unique and different. Um, Think of different things that you can share with your friends, absolutely. So think of people like um, accounts on Instagram that might be helpful, podcasts, YouTube, books, all that different stuff. But again, be sensitive to where they're at. So a podcast that you listen to day in, day out now, five years into deconstruction, and as an atheist, might not be as helpful to someone that's just started deconstruction and is toying with the idea of progressive Christianity. And so use your experience, use the things, that you, uh, the knowledge you have, maybe even be intentional in learning about a new area that you haven't particularly looked at that much and go, oh, I'll, I'll research some progressive Christians that might be helpful for my friend and I'll send them some stuff. Uh, I was talking to a partner the other day on our Discord channel um, and, and she was saying that she looks out uh, Christian messages to send to her husband because he's still Christian and goes, oh, I know he'd really like that message. So I made sure that he didn't miss it and sent it to him. And I'm like, that is what it looks like to be someone that is 
um, becoming stable and mature in their deconstruction that they can actually go out of their way and look at something that they totally disagree with and go, but my husband will like it, but my friend will like it. I'll make sure that they know that that's available for them. That's um, what it looks like to be mature and to be escaping fundamentalism. And so it's a really good exercise for you as well as you deconstruct is try and find what's helpful for your friend and give it to them. I cannot stress how hard this is, okay? It's a very hard thing to, to learn. It's a very hard lesson to learn and it's a very hard muscle to exercise is um, helping people on their path, giving people advice where they're at rather than just assuming where you're at is where everyone needs to be at. <laughs> I know it sounds silly when I say it, but we all do this on some level. To one degree or another, we all do this. Um, and so try and remember the process, try and remember the journey and, and help people where they're at on their journey. All right, that's enough rambling for me. I've probably forgot 110 different things that would be helpful. Um, I'm sure I'll say much more in, in coming videos and, and podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but hopefully it's given you some, just some tips of like some of the things that you really need to focus on, maybe some practicalities. Um, I know it hit it hard, the focusing on, hey, make some friends, but I really believe it is, is, is so important to, you, you see, the thing is a lot of what ties us to that conventional Christianity, a lot of what holds us back from fully letting go and moving forward and, and finding freedom to step out of church, finding freedom to have that hard conversation with your family um, or whatever it looks like is because we have nowhere else to go. And as you build and develop new friendships and new community, what happens is you create a safety net that means, oh, I can have this conversation with my mom now. Because if she blows up, it's not the end of the world. I have a whole loving family of people, of beautiful connection and community um, that I can fall back on. You know, I can stop going to church, which hasn't been helpful for me for three months, but I just needed to be around some people. I can stop that now because I can be around people outside of church. I've got this group of people that I connect with. And so that's a big part of why it's so important as well is you're creating a new um, safe environment that allows you to do some really hard and meaningful and important things in some of your old environments. Um, and so again, friendship, 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 prioritize connection. Uh, the deconstructionnetwork.com is a free resource that helps you find people locally that are going through deconstruction. That can be a huge thing as well. This is why I think it's such a beautiful thing if you've been through deconstruction to help someone go through deconstruction, you kind of get it, right? If you're a Christian, you don't get what it's like to lose your Christianity. Um, if you're an atheist and never were a Christian, you don't really get what it's like to live in that insane bubble of, that is like really full on. Um, you just kind of look at it as, oh yeah, you used to go to church every Sunday. It's like, no, 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 you do not know how much this dominated my life. Um, and so some people just don't get that process. And so finding someone that's been on that journey or uh, is going on that journey can be really helpful. And so hopefully you can be that to your friend or family member. Um, but the deconstructionnetwork.com is a really great free resource that helps you find local people in your area that are going through deconstruction. Again, they're gonna be in different places, but you can support one another and connect with one another. And, and build friendships and, and, and find commonality over the journey of where you've come from, even if you're moving into different spaces. Um, and so do check that out. All right, that's enough from me. Um, I hope you're well. Um, I hope that this has given you some tips and some uh, you know, tools in your tool belt to help people in your life that are going through deconstruction. Um, I, I really, I just care so much about all of you. I really do hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're navigating this hard process okay. 
Um, if you ever need to talk, please message me. I'm always available here on Instagram. Or I, I'm at, at Phil Drysdale. You can find me on Instagram. I'm happy to help, happy to talk with you, happy to process. Um, I'm always willing to work with people where they're at on their journey. And so as far as resources go, um, I'm always a, a safe person for your friends, regardless of where they find themselves in Eastern philosophy and um, progressive Christianity or atheist or anything else in between or, or wherever they end. Um, I work with people where they're at and, and I really care that people have the journey they need to have to grow and develop and become healthy. Um, and so, yeah, if you're watching this and, and you need someone to talk to, please message me um, and check out the deconstructionnetwork.com as well. We also have um, an intimate community um, over on Discord. I just mentioned it actually, where we chat day in, day out about all sorts of different things. Um, we also have voice chats and video chats um, throughout the month. We do a book club. There's lots of different stuff there. Um, and that's for people that support me on Patreon, that help um, me do all the things I do for free. I talk with people daily, all day for free. I put out these podcasts and videos and different resources and everything I do is free. I really believe that, um, you know, we've all been swindled by con artists within the church at times. Um, and I think there's enough barriers to people finding help that I, I really believe that I wanted to make everything free and available to anyone. Um, but that does come at a cost. I work many, many hours every week, um, much more than I would if I was working a full-time job. And because of that, I, don't, I can't work a full-time job to make an income. Uh, and so it's only because of the support of, of amazing people out there um, that give five bucks, 10 bucks a month or something like that, um, that helps me pay the bills. It helps me keep doing this and producing free content. And as a thank you, you get access to that uh, intimate community. And so if you're looking for something online, that's a brilliant community. There's other amazing communities that are available for free. John Steingard has one, your favorite heretics. They both have um, uh, Facebook uh, communities that are, are wonderful to check out. There's lots of stuff out there. Uh, those are just two of many. Um, the Dirty Rotten Church Kids have a great Patreon account as well. If, if you become a patron of theirs, um, they've got a great Discord um, channel like mine as well. Um, and so there's, there's great stuff out there. Um, there's, there's no shortage of opportunity to connect online, but there is something about connecting in person and building relationships in person. And so do prioritize that process. I cannot stress enough how much it'll change your life. Um, the deconstructionnetwork.com is a great free resource to kickstart that. There might not be anyone in your area, but if you join, there will be one person for the next person that joins in your area. And so do check it out. All right, that's enough rambling from me. Um, I hope this was a helpful video for you. I do hope you're well. If you need to talk, I'm here. Um, I'll see you on another video. I love you all. Peace.